I used to really like just blow my mind when I would go in an office and the least amount of training was at the phone and the front desk. I'd be like, wait a second. <laughs> if you have that rock star office, you're going to send the people there to train within that accountability chart yeah, to bring up yeah, your yeah. next office. Um, yeah. And honestly, that's what makes you scalable and keeps the culture. Welcome to another episode of Dental Marketing Go. I'm your host, Gary Bird, and today I have the D Fisher. I've worked with D for many years. I don't know if D knows this or not, but many years ago when I got into dental marketing, I, I watched you, D. I would see you speak everywhere that I went. You didn't know who I was at the time. And I said, someday I'm going to talk to D. Like someday, that was my goal. Is like, I cannot wait to talk to D. And I, I got to talk to you. And then I've had you on podcast and I've even hosted events with you. So like, you are like the the epitome of dental, the dental industry. I know you just won woman of the year in the dental industry. To be honest with you, I would just give you the person of the year in the dental industry. I love working with you. You're one of the smartest people that I've ever talked to in the dental industry. And I think D's superpower, you can correct me if I'm wrong on this, D, is that most people, when they find success and they get rooted in the dental industry, they kind of move away from the office. So like if you once were a dentist and now you're running a DSO, you kind of get away from the office a little bit. D is in offices every single week. I just had a client that reached out to her recently and she said, I'm going to fly out there. I'm going to come look at your office. We're going to figure out what the problem is and we're going to get it fixed. And I, I absolutely love that about you, D, because you literally have the answers of what's going on. So I'm really excited to hop on this show today, with you today. Well, thanks for having me, Gary. And, you know, I will tell you this. My passion is being in the office. Um, you know, I like I said, you know, you get many titles, but you got to work where your passion is. And and working at the office level with the providers and the teams is, I think, where you really learn it. That's just my personal opinion. Um, because if you're touching it and feeling it, you're you're touching and feeling what they're touching and feeling. And that's just always been yeah. our motto. Yeah, I, I love that. And I always learn from you. So today, we're going to jump right into this, D. What is the thing that people are doing right now to grow their office? What are you seeing? The one thing that's just like, the people who are doing this are winning right now. The biggest thing is what I can tell you is if you don't have an accountability chart and hold people to their processes, you will not scale. Sorry to disrupt the show, but I got something crazy to share with you. We are attempting to connect with all of our listeners. We have thousands of people that listen to this podcast, and we want to meet you in person. We have four events coming up, and I want to give you a discount code that you can use for the next week to save $300 off your ticket. The discount code is Gary Bird, and the link is going to be just down below. You can also go to smcnational.com forward slash events. I hope to connect with you in person and help each other grow our businesses. Can't wait to see you soon. So let's, let's define that. What's the difference between an accountability chart and an org chart? So I think a lot of people know what an org chart is, right? right. So you put an org chart up or, and you, know, you have the CEO and you have the C-suite and then you have the the directors or the presidents, and then you have the office managers, and then you have the team leads, and then you have all the people under that. That's an org chart. Is a, it's, Are you talking about something different when you talk about an accountability chart? Absolutely. So let's just take a dental assistant, for instance. You have a dental assistant, there's chores that they do every day, there's tasks that they do every day. So are they accountable in having their operatory set up efficiently in a time timely manner every time, right? Are their operatory stocked? to be doing what they need to do every day? Are they putting their treatment plans in the computer every day correctly? Are they clean treatment plans? Because what you have to remember, if you have accountability and people understand their roles and it's done efficiently, 
every one of those efficiency brings something to the bottom line. And if you want to scale, and even if you want to sell fun, those efficiencies equate to profits, right? So I look at it, and the one thing I can tell you is, if you have accountability, you have efficiencies, it equates to profits. Profits let you scale. Profits mm-hmm. develop that free cash flow um, that you, you know, that we really need to scale. So I think for me, it's going back to the people that I see really doing an excellent job is honing in on each job description. What is the accountability? What does that look like? And I know, Gary, you and I are going to work together and do, um, you know, I know we have a couple of things coming up together, uh, especially Dyke, I'm not for sure. But I want to look at yeah, really yeah. drilling down with you on that because let's talk about a provider on the growth. Mm-hmm. Right? How do you grow a provider from being a $40,000 provider to a 50 to a 60? You have to have accountability. Did they master a crown prep in the time allowance that should be allowed? Are they using their dental assistant to their best of their ability? So I think people skip over that and just go to the organizational chart. Yeah. And I, I, I think- well, how, 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 do, how does someone go about, like, how do you, so this might seem daunting, right? So let's, let's, let's first of all talk about the audience here. So these are going to be a lot of people listening to this. We have hundreds of people who are, they own maybe five, four or five offices, maybe 10 or somewhere up to that but they're really at the beginning of their growth. So they they started with usually one awesome office that does really well financially, probably doesn't have all the systems and processes in place yet, but it just, it does well because the doctor's there. They add a couple other offices and those don't do quite as well as the first, first office, of course. And now they're at this place where, okay, I need to really grow. I need to focus on growth because we have to pay these bills, right? And so how does one person go about even tackling something like building out uh, uh, um, an accountability chart. It's really easy. What you do is you sit with every staff member and you have the staff member write out what they do every day. Let them do it for you. And then you're going to take it. the top four focal points that are really important to you. What do you think is generating that case conversion and that scaling model? And that then becomes their number one accountability within that position. So it, it, it honestly is going to follow the same from office to office. If you're a general office, it's going to be the same. The dental assistants will do the same. The treatment plan coordinators will do the same. It's the same accountability. But then the next uh, area, when you're doing that accountability chart, who's doing the audit to the accountability? That's where your growth really comes now. And for so me, walk, so what, so let's walk through that. Who, who, first of all, who does that? And then what, what, or at first, what is that? Like what, what is an audit? So let's say, let's pretend I'm a, a front desk person. So you come to me and you're, you're the CEO. So you come to me and you say, okay, Gary, um, I need you to write out your responsibility. So I say, okay, answering the phone, making sure that I keep the schedule full, uh, making sure that I check people in, check people out. So those are my four responsibilities. Then, then what, what is an audit? And then how do you actually do that? So I would have the team leader, whoever the team leader or office manager, whatever you call them, I would give them an audit sheet. The audit sheet would say, were they scheduled to goal every day? Yes. Kind of like their scorecard, right? Um, <laughs> were we efficient in the operatories? The, the clinical lead is going to check on that. There's going to have an audit sheet with specific categories that we're looking at. Because if you're hitting the four really primary focal points every day, you're efficient and can scale. And what you're going to do is, you know, to make you scalable, if you have that rockstar office, you're going to send the people there to train within that accountability chart yeah, to bring up yeah, your next yeah. office. Um, yeah. And honestly, that's what makes you scalable and keeps the culture. Because you know me, I'm big on culture. You have to keep that culture. Yeah, yeah. Um, so where you go back to, like I said, you know, I find going around the country is when I walk in the door, 
yeah, here's my accountability chart. It's my organizational chart. No, that's not your accountability chart. It's completely different. And yeah. And I would say to you, it's even on the marketing end with you, who's managing the internal marketing? What does that look mm. like? You know, all yeah. those things lead to efficiencies that that have to come. So for me, I go back to, in my mind, you cannot scale without accountability with any organization. I just don't yeah. see it. And I think that honestly, I find so many doctors, they get in trouble because they don't have that one little simple click of accountability in, the, in their practice. Yeah. So, okay. So let's... um. Yeah, this is fascinating. So, uh, and I love that. I love your perspective on it because I think you're 100 percent right. So, what are you said? You you want a home base office? So let's walk through that. So this is like, is this like your ideal office that probably is the best performing and are following your accountability chart the closest? Yes, and but that's not, where you're bringing in new people. Yes. So two things. That training model happens there. Why? For two reasons. Number one is you want all your systems to be the same. Right, you want it to be trained. So you're going to go to the experts in your organization. You have to develop champions for every department. When you develop your champions, your champions are your trainers. They are the people that carry out that accountability. Um, and my process has always been teach it in one place. Why are you teaching it in one place? Because you really, like I said, you need those experts within your organization to teach them. Hey. And and. It's only, it's not disruptive to all your other offices that are just coming up, yeah. right? You don't yeah. want to be a disruptor. Um, so develop your- So, so, it's all, so you got to go a little bit slower because when you hire people, you have to bring them in to train, but then you're going to be able to go a lot faster. Because the way I think about it, let's say you open up five offices and you need, you know, let's just use around number 20 people or 30 people at each office. So that's 150 people and none of them are going to be trained properly because- they're all brand new, right? Even if they're amazing at their job, they don't know your systems. So all of your offices are going to struggle. And then you're going to have fires everywhere that you're going to be running and putting out. So instead of opening those five offices first, slow down, then go get these people trained at your local office and then move them back out to the other offices. Is that right? And the, so it's a little bit slower, but then you're going to go way faster. Right. You go slow to go faster, go faster, go slow. <laughs> you know, yeah. it, it, that's kind of, that's kind of my motto. And I say that because even if you have offices around the country and you have champions, you could remote train. There's many ways that you can do that. And for me is, you know, you want the flavor of your organization. It's, you know, people care about me. They are going to train me. One of the things that we yeah. found, um, you know, coming up when we were developing DSOs, right? I, I used to really like just blow my mind when I would go in an office and the least amount of training was at the phone and the front desk. I'd be like, wait a second. <laughs> I don't think that's yeah. a good model. Uh, <laughs> no, that, that's always the, the, well, the reason, you know what I, I, and this is my theory. I would love your thoughts on this. What I've noticed about the front desk is it's usually the lowest paid position in the office or one of them. And if you're good at the front desk, the, like once somebody in the office sees that you're good, like, Ooh, you know how to talk or you know how to do this. They'll move you. They're like, Oh, you're really good at collecting money. We'll have you do that. You're really good at presenting treatment. We're going to have you do that. You're really good at, you know, uh, uh, working with patients. We're going to have you do something with that. And so they remove, they take, they gut the front desk of all the good people. And then you're just constantly hiring brand new people who haven't been in the dental industry, don't have a lot of experience, or they're just not as paid as well as the rest of the team. So then you always have a lower caliber team at the front desk. That's what I've, I've noticed over and over and over again. Yeah, And it amazes me that, you know, I, I think there's some kind of equation here. I haven't figured it out yet. We call the front desk furniture and every other position it's a different name. I'm like, why do we keep calling these people front desk? You know, it's like a front. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> it is. Yeah, that's so true. 
like this is they're not front desk they're people uh, <laughs> i've never thought about that before yeah everybody else is a hygienist or a dental assistant right or or a director of this or a manager of this and then this person's just like a chair so yeah that i that's so, so interesting so go ahead my front desk is really my chief financial marketing officer that's that's where it happens you know and that's where that accountability comes in because i have to have my my front people understand the marketing that's happening within the practice to come up with case conversion, right? That's a big accountability piece. That's a big piece of your accountability chart. And what you have to do is, and I know you and I are going to focus a little bit, you know, as we're, we're, we're speaking on the patient journey, you know, what is that? How does this all tie in? And to be quite frank with you is you have to really also put an order on your accountability chart. You know, you have to say every Every department's important, but what's the most important departments? What does that look like? You have to, you know, you have to c- cascade it all the way down in number order. And I, so who, who, what, what is your, so my thought is, I, this is what I've always seen is like clinical has to lead the way. They have to say, Hey, this is what we want. And then operations has to say, Hey, we're, we're willing to support you in that. And we're able, we have the bandwidth to support you. And then you move out to like all of your other, you know, HR, marketing, all that. Those are all supportive roles. Is that how you see it? Or is, what is the most important department to you? So to me, it's always clinical because clinical is going to tell us what to do. But then what I do is say, okay, we have the clinical. Now let's drill it down to the practice level. Let's look at, you know, how does clinical get patients? It's the phone. It's the marketing, right? So yeah. I walk into offices and I'll be like, okay, are you running a campaign? And I get it. We don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Again, on that accountability chart, everybody should know this is a campaign. And how is your champion dispersing that through the office? So you really have to sit there and say, okay, how do I get my patients? I have my clinical SOPs, have those in order, my workflows. Yeah. But how do I get the patients and convert? What does that look like? So I yeah. just go back and say, okay, I have, I have my, you know, my front people, my clinical who are my champions? I give them their accountability chart to the champions, have them disperse it out, have them train it. Now we're scalable. Yeah. And the, the thing that's interesting about dental is that like the most important thing is clinical and then operations has to support that. And then you have all those other supporting, uh, you know, marketing and things like that. But this is what I find interesting. The patient comes in the office the opposite way. So your top of funnel is your front desk, meaning like the, let's just use extreme hypotheticals. If no one answers the phone, you won't have an office. It doesn't matter. You can have the best dentist. You could have the greatest D. You could be there as the operator and operating that business and making sure you have your schedule open and everything's flowing nicely. And you could have the best dentist in the world and you don't answer the phone. You don't have any patients. So that your top of funnel has to be solved, I think, to your point, first, because that opens up the opportunity for people to come in. Now that you're answering your phones, now you're converting those patients. Now you can actually win within the office and you're going to have problems there, right? So now the schedule is going to break and, you know, things are going to happen there, but you can't even test that if you don't have patients coming in through the door. Yeah, a funny story, Gary, I had a, a young dentist, I worked with him and, and just a great guy and, you know, he didn't value his team. He didn't value his front desk team at all. So I told him, I said, listen, uh, it's lunchtime, right? I want everybody to come back 10 minutes late. <laughs> so they came back 10 minutes late and the phones are ringing, people walking through the door and he's, he's like, where's the, where's everybody? Where's the front desk? I said, but you just said they weren't valuable. He's like, ah, I got it. You know? <laughs> it was really, I love was, your, 
He wanted to choke you're me the best. moment. <laughs> you're the best at uh, uh, driving home culture points. That right. That is a strong, like, I'm, oh, my team's useless. And yeah, it's like, okay, yeah. well, let's see how useless they are. Right. And I think to your point, Gary, is, you know, um, you know, I, I always tell people all the time, you know, the, the where does your funnel start? And you have to look at it and you have to really take time and put that funnel together and say, okay, well, you know, my funnel starts with drawing and patience, then the, the phone conversion, then, you know, the provider doing their exam, the kick. That's kind of our patient journey that we're talking about. Yeah, it's about. a patient journey. Yeah. Yep, yep. And I can tell you the patient journey has changed this year. Um, what, 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 is, what has changed about it? So what I see is actually, you know, we are in a space where people are financially conscious right now, right? So we're seeing within the patient journey, how are we in, how are we inserting that conversation about we're able to finance it. We're able to make it happen for you. Uh, um, it's become a big focus where, you know, we were doing great three, four years ago before COVID. You know, we, were, we weren't as focused on this. But now yeah. it has to become a very big part of your metrics and what you're doing in your patient journey, even on your phone calls. Um, people yeah. are now calling up. Do you have payment plans? You know, do, more yeah. so than ever. So there's a lot of retraining in the patient journey that's going on. And, you know, I'm really hoping that you and I can hit that this year because I do think it's going to carry for three years. I think you have to understand wow. who you're working with and what you're doing and, you know, what are you exactly offering? And again, on that accountability chart, where does that fall? Yeah. So I, I go to my dentist. I go to Pacific Dental. There's a, a Pacific Dental office. Mm -hmm. It has a different name because they're all the name offices are named differently. And I got Invisalign a couple of years ago. And they were just like, okay, do you want to get the Invisalign? You know what I mean? And there was no talk of payments, no nothing. Like I had to kind of figure that out and ask the questions like, how does this work? Do I pay you in cash? Or do I get a discount if I pay in full? Do I, can you finance it? Should I finance it? Like, what are my options basically, right? They, they weren't willing to offer any of that up. So what I hear you saying is for big and small treatment, all treatment needs to start having that conversation early and often that we have payment plans for almost everybody. And, and then how are you going to tackle that? Um, so that, I, I think that's genius. And I, I will tell you this. Um, I recently, I put it on my scorecard as one of the touch points. How many people have you talked today about financing in every department, in every department? And we're finding the flow is great. And you know, there's so many vendors now that you can use for different price points and for different credit score reports. Again, it's a big part of going back to how do you grow? Okay. You have to have free cash flow to grow. Where does it come from? Your financing, your collection. So it's a very big part of scaling right now. And I also think it's, it's, it's a very big part of our doctors staying successful in these times of when people are questioning finances. But, you know, yeah, it's, it's, it's not a hard conversation to have. Some people think it is a hard conversation to have. But I think, you know, if you people want it, people want it, they want to get their stuff done. That's why they're at the depth. The, the, it's so interesting to me that doctors are didn't staff or like, well, the, I don't like these kinds of patients. I'm like, they're people with money who are coming to your office. It's not like people are like, yeah, I get to go to the dental office today. They're like coming there, taking time out of their day for you to solve their problem. They're just looking for help because they don't know. They don't know how much it costs. They don't know how much the payment plan, what you have, what you don't, they have no idea. And we kind of live in this world. So we kind of get it. You know what I mean? We're, we're doing it every single day, but they, the patient has no clue and they're just looking for a little bit of help. Yeah. And they click on something on their website, the insurance, whatever it may be, they click on something to draw them in. And so that's where I go back to the accountability chart, Gary. So this patient called up 
You know, I always tell people <clears throat> all the time, excuse me, all the time, if we didn't convert the call, we failed that patient that called in. It's my and responsibility it, to yeah. convert that, right? And I'm a big believer on, you know, even with staff, if we lose staff for whatever reason, you know, we failed them somewhere unless they're moving or doing other things, right? You have to be able as a good leader to take on that responsibility. Where was the disconnect with what maybe I did, right? Maybe, maybe not. But you have to be able to have the self-awareness to look at how is that working? What does that look like? And look also on your accountability chart because you have to say, you have to be honest with yourself and say, you know what? I'm looking at this. It's really not the right person in the right seat. And you have to be able to make that hard decision if necessary. Yeah. And you find yeah. that when you do your accountability chart, people are like, I, in fact, I'm doing that with a, after we're off our podcast, I'm going through an office and they realized after two visits, we have people in the wrong seat because they did their accountability chart. Not that there's not a place yep, for them, right? Yeah, not yeah, yeah. Yeah, you got to put them. You got to put them in in the right place. Sometimes that's in your organization, or sometimes it's outside of your organization. Either way, you got to do what's best for them. You can't let people sit in in a seat that's not right for them. Well, I absolutely love this. D. Um, last question for you. Okay, so you got to. You're in a stadium, and the stadium is full of leaders, dentists, CEOs who have four to five practices, four five to ten somewhere in there. And they all want to grow. They really want to grow right now. And they're feeling the pressure from every every angle right now. Inflation's high. Labor's high. And people are buying less dentistry. It's getting harder and harder and harder to drive new patients, get customers into the door. And, and existing patients are coming less often. What is your one piece of advice to that group of people? So what I'm telling them is focus on what's in front of you. You only can control what you can control. Don't listen to the noise. Don't listen to the noise. You have plenty sitting in front of you that you could work with and you could grow from within. You don't have to keep buying offices or, you know, building providers. Look at what's in front of you and work with it, you know, and the biggest thing is that don't listen to the noise. The noise is always going to be there. And the people that are really focused are going to be the winners. They're going to be the winners. Um, so yeah. for me is we have plenty people. When I tell you, you have plenty just sitting in front of you, just just, just, just get efficient with it. Just get efficient yeah. with it. Yep. Good job. Well, awesome, D. And uh, thank you so much. And then, D, I asked you before we recorded, but I want to get it on recording. You said that you would be, and I know the audience is going to love this, you'd be willing to have like a monthly podcast where we just do a recap of the month before, especially as times are getting harder and harder and harder. Uh, or is that something that you're still willing to do? Absolutely. Because I'd love to bring to our audience, you know, the, the tricks that are happening. You know, there's always a trick and there's yeah. something new that we all can learn together. And, you know, I would just hope that if we did this, that the people that were teaching, they become a ripple and teach somebody else. Um, yeah. Because there's always someone that needs that, right? And so, absolutely. Absolutely. That's awesome. So, that is, this is, this is amazing, just so everybody knows, because D literally always has the next big thing way before everybody else is doing it because she's actually in the offices doing it and seeing it and filling it and testing it. So, I'm excited about that. We'll get that next one scheduled. Thanks so much for coming on, D. All right. Thanks, Gary. Thanks for having me. Bye-bye.